A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. just like booking things in the most random times. But I mean, it works, right? It works. It works. Sometimes it's a beautiful chaos, beautiful mess. It stresses me out though, because I, and I was telling you this, like I'm about to meet with a brand coach um, and try to get my life in order because sometimes I'm literally like, I have so much just like in my brain, in the air, that I need it to be structured. And I feel like I need to come up with some plans. And you said that you have done that because, uh, first off, everyone listening, Missy Gallimore is country music legend. She and her husband are like one of the biggest power couples in Nashville. Missy was a publisher. She's a manager. Her husband, Byron, is a huge producer. He's done so, like all of Tim McGraw's stuff and like Faith Hill's like your best friend. I mean, I'm telling you, Missy is it. You have seen Nashville through it all. Like you know everything. If you want to know anything about Nashville and the country music industry, we need to talk to Missy Gallimore, which is Damn, what-, what a fucking, what a freaking intro. And you're also a mom. You have three daughters, right? Yep. Yep. So you and Faith and Tim, y'all like match because they have three dollars. I know, right? I know. And they're all the same age. Did y'all plan that? We, no, we didn't. That's so funny, but no, no. I, t- I will tell you a funny story though. Faith planned Byron and I, our wedding. What? We didn't have like a big wedding. No, we didn't have like a big wedding, but Byron and I had been together for a really long time and like no plans of really like just getting married. We were like just loving, you know, just the idea of just 
not being married, you know, because we were both married before. And it'd been, we'd been together a long time, and Faith was like, uh-uh. She's like, you guys are getting married. So we got married where Tim shot, it was in Arizona, where Tim shot uh, his Everywhere video. And we got married in Arizona. Faith went and picked out my dress. The whole thing. She picked out the whole thing and uh, found a place for us to get married in this little, the Laredo Chapel in uh, Sedona. And that's where we got married. And Tim and Faith were like there. And that was it. That was it. So, yeah, she kind of was like, she was the one that kind of like pushed and, you know, was like, okay, well, you guys are going to get married now. And we got married on the video, you know, where he did his video. And it was pretty funny pretty comical that's kind of awesome so after being married once is it kind of hard to want to get married again i that makes a lot of sense you've already kind of been there done that you found someone that you love you're like let's let's just let's just keep it how it is and not mess it up yeah it was like i had been you know i had been in a relationship married i'd married my high school sweetheart knew i wasn't supposed to marry him i knew the day that i married him it was like oh god this is not it but everybody thought that that's what the thing that i needed to do because we had dated for so long that's what i guess i thought you're listening to this right now who feels the way you feel because i feel a lot of like a lot of people feel pressure to especially like there's this first wave of marriage you get out of high school or college or whatever and it's like you have all this pressure that you got to start your life and you're on this really intense timeline that if you don't get married by the time like like your early twenties, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. You're gonna be old and you're never gonna get married. So what would you tell someone who is like in it right now, who is feeling all that pressure that maybe they even have the wedding plan and they wanna get out? Like it feels like you can't get out. Like what would you tell them? Um, well, first of all, I would say first thing is like don't you know, like I dated one guy all through high school, all through, you know, college. Don't date one guy all through high school, all through college, because it's just, you know, looking back and I tell my girls this all the time, you know, if I had one thing to do over, it would be that, that I would date around. I mean, I haven't, you know, I've only, you know, been with two, two guys, yeah. you know, and that's like, I don't want that for you guys. You don't really have a chance to really know, you know, and the other extreme where you don't want to go too far into dating. You don't want to go too far, but you don't want to just like yeah. go on and date. I never dated. I never dated. And I regret that. I never dated. And I I just knew the day, you know, just you can't fall into pressure. There's so much pressure now with these young people graduating high school and college and uh, and especially for girls, there's so much pressure. And you just got to listen to your heart and listen to your gut. I knew I knew and I knew it was not the right thing for me to do, but I did it anyway. And then two years later, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Did so you, you like it just like that sick feeling? I've had that in my life several times, obviously not like with like a marriage, but actually with Michael and our relationship, we broke up before we got married because I had that overwhelming feeling like this is not the right timing. It was yeah. just timing for us, not yeah. the right person. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm so glad I listened to myself and didn't get married when I wasn't ready, you know, because it is, it is hard to make a big move. That's life altering that affects someone else. And you feel all this pressure that you're going to like ruin your life, ruin someone else's. Everyone's going to be mad at you, but really it's yeah. to go ahead and do it before you get all locked in because then it's a bigger mess. Just be really in tune with your feelings. Just really be in tune to yourself 
and 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 your gut your gut is never ever ever going to lead you wrong i'm so huge believer in your gut go with your gut have you worked on that have you developed that skill because if i was going to tell anybody anything because like i started this podcast off with you i am a hot mess express you said you used to fly by the seat of your pants but now that you're in management you're much more organized and i want to hear how you've gotten organized because i want to take those tips but the one thing that i have feel like over i have felt like over my 38 years of life, especially like coming to the music industry when I was 19 and like being so green and naive and not knowing what in the F I was doing to now like really having an understanding and like developed a community and, you know, developed myself in this industry. The one thing I would tell anyone, like you said, is to develop listening to your gut. Like that is going to guide you, especially when you're in a career that you can't really like walk down. You can't really like, it's not like a set path. You have develop that gut intuition how have you developed that you know that's a good question I don't know I think I've always you know well, when you're 21 22 it's you know it's it's very hard to, to be feel comfortable with yourself and in you know in your in your body and you're second guessing everything so much but I think I think it just comes with 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 age and just you know yeah I think it just comes with being older and um, you know, just living through stuff, huh? Living through stuff, just going through it. Yeah, just going through stuff, and then realizing, you know what? Looking back, you know what? My gut was really saying to me, I shouldn't have done that. I really shouldn't have done that. Just so you just got to go through it to get to that, you know. But you got to go through a bunch of stuff, a bunch of shit to get there. But your gut will. The second you feel it, like now is your gut your guide? Like, can you tell in a second if it's a yes or a no based yeah. on? Pretty much, yeah. And I go by it. I let I I follow it. I do. I yes, yes, yes. Oh, isn't that empowering? Yeah, it's so empowering, and I'm so big on manifestation too. You know, that is a a, a big thing that I've kind of like, you know, started doing within like the last last year and a half is writing down my affirmations and writing it down and manifesting it. And that's really, you know, something that I'm really into now too. So. So when you write down your manifestations and your affirmations, like I have a book right here too, where it's like my calendar and I also yeah. keep my notes. Are the affirmations that you write? So say for me, like one day I want to go on a podcast tour. Like I want to like go to certain markets and go on a little bit of a podcast tour and have really special guests and have like meaningful conversations. Would you write with the affirmation that you write down be like, I am so thankful for my uh, soul giving podcast tour. Like do you write it down? Like it's already I just write it down. I just write down things that I, th things that I want to do, things that I want to be successful at things, you know, Basically, just yeah, things that I just want to do, things that I want to be successful at, things that I want to get better at. Uh, All coming from your soul. Like, is your soul the one that's telling you what these things are? Because Michael and I have really gotten big into, like, understanding your why and your purpose. Like, why do I want to do this? Like, yes, of course, the given. Everyone wants to have financial yeah. success. You want yeah. to successful financially so that's given but yeah. that's a bigger why like why do i want to do these things do you is your what like, are you motivated from your soul and like your why uh, yeah i am i mean and it could be like it could be like you know it could be just like a little affirmation or a little thing like you know gosh i need i, I, re I really need focus today 
because I am not focusing today. I'll write that shit down. Um, like what, what, write it down. How would you write that down? I just write, you know, give me the strength to focus today. And that's, I would write that down. Just, 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 I just scribble it. I have, you would, if you, if you can see my desk right now, I have, I have stuff like little books and I love to write. See, I love, I love, you can see where I've just written. I just write. Wait a minute. Go back this way. This is. Is there something about putting pen to paper that makes oh it? Oh my God. Yes. I mean, look at this. There's another one, another book, everything, just everything in it. Well, I have books everywhere. Cards in there. What's in that one? That, okay. Well, that's a whole nother like podcast. This is when I opened my coffee shop. Uh, when I was opening my coffee shop, this is my book of my coffee and everybody, every, just everything related to when I opened the coffee shop of, of companies and businesses that I, I wanted to get in business with. And, and, you know, like Lucy's kitchen makes great cinnamon rolls. There's Lucy's kitchen right there. I mean, like you, like, so when you started your coffee shop and I want to hear about that, another book. here's another book every just tons of pages of affirmations and yeah when you started your coffee shop for example and you're like looking for vendors to partner with do yeah. you take note and only bring in vendors that you love so it's like you love those cinnamon rolls so it's like yeah. Yeah. you're making and that's what I feel like really brings the electricity to whether it's an artist, whether it's anyone who has a successful job, like a manager or like a, or like a coffee shop or like a yoga studio, whatever. It's when it is filled with love, like everything in there is not to make money. Although yes, it is to make money. That's the oh, yeah. Yeah. there because it is driven from, I love this. Like this is helpful to me. This is what is fueling me in this area. Do you, do you feel that? And that's what you did for your coffee. Yeah. So, I mean, and you're talking about like flying by the seat of your pants. When I opened this coffee shop, it was on a freaking whim. How did you hear about this? When did you do this? I did that. It's, I did it. We'll be in business June 3rd. We'll be five years. And how is it? Huh? How is it? It's great. It's just now, I mean, it, it, it truly does take, you know, for a small business, it true, you know, everyone says five years is like the magic number of when you start seeing the other side of opening up a small business and it's successful. So we are just now seeing it, you know, right after COVID is when it really just went up. Our, our sales went up. It was crazy. So, so it's really well. Is it so everyone listening can go? It's co it's coffee and coconuts. It's in Franklin, Tennessee. It's called coffee and coconuts. So I love coffee. I love the beach, and I love music. And so in my coffee shop, I've incorporated everything related to that. So when you walk in coffee and coconuts, you really feel like you're in Malibu or you're on 30A. It's very it's very very beachy. Everything's white, the floor's turquoise. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, let me how you started this. And this is another thing that I want to get into with you because you are such a great example of this. And like I said in the beginning, you and your husband together are such a power couple, are such a royalty for Nashville. And what you have accomplished, so much of it is taking these leaps of faith, which I feel like is really 
important to do and it's also the hardest thing to do because a lot of times you have to put yourself out there financially a lot of times you have to put yourself out there emotionally and expose yourself and like you have the the risk of failing and that people can see and you might lose money it's hard to take huge hard you have to though you have to take a leap of faith or you can't um you can't you you just can't you know if you don't where are you going to be in life um yeah um you're gonna be stuck you're going to be stuck. You have to, like, I took a leap of faith. I, I knew nothing about coffee. Absolutely nothing. And I can remember the day, I can remember the day I got the call about someone asking me if I wanted to put a coffee shop there. And I just was like, I was at a red light. I was at a freaking red light when I said yes. And you like go through your body and like check yourself. Cause I do that sometimes. I, you check yourself like no resistance. It feels good. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. It was just there. Yeah, and then it was like whatever season I was in, like five years ago, um, I can never duplicate that again. I love that. I love. Can I, can I put you on pause for? Can we stop recording for just a minute, or is it? Can we do that? Pause. Yeah. So. It's just perfect that you would have to take a call in the middle of this because Missy is like, I call, I texted her yesterday to work out this podcast. She worked it into her day at 11, but she's still managing. So she had like a man, a management emergency call coming through. She's like, can you hold on really fast? I'm going to go take this call. I mean, you're so awesome. You're so oh my God. I might have to do, an, I might have to do calls an, another time, but hopefully not. Um, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't an emergency. I'm so sorry. Missy, it's fine. And this podcast is called Get Real. And it's about interviewing. The majority of my guests are women who are badass women doing incredible things, multitasking, juggling it all. So this is just about as real as it gets. And I love it. Okay. I love this okay. action. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, you have to take a leap of faith. If you ever want to get anywhere in life, you just cannot sit back and stand back and let fear um take hold of your life and not do anything. You have to, and you know, you, you, there's some people that get that. And then there's some people that don't. And, you know, um, when did you start jumping? And what if you're someone who's like, I want to take a leap of faith. I have this vision, but I'm a single mom. I have kids. I don't have enough money to take this risk. I feel like I'm like, drowning. Like what does someone like that do? <clears throat> You know, I, I, you know, there's all kinds of like small business loans, especially for women. There's all kinds of things. If you really want to do something really, really bad enough, you're going to find a way to make it work. And, um, you know, if I, if I didn't have the money to open it, I would have gone and gotten a, a small business loan and, and done it that way. I, I needed to open a coffee shop at that time in my life. How did you um, need it to open? Because I just had done everything was like everything in my whole life up until the coffee shop five years ago was music, everything. And I needed an outlet. I didn't know what that outlet was. I just needed another outlet. And I just was at this little place and I thought, oh, my God, this is the cutest place for a coffee shop. And I inquired about it. And I think it was supposed to be a UPS store is what it was supposed to be. Well, that fell through and then they called me and they're like, hey, are you still interested in putting up a coffee shop? And I just was like, yeah, let's do it, let's go. So for the whole, that, that year, I just went to school to learn everything about coffee. Uh, still doing music, huh? 
I would go to Crema. I would take classes at Crema. Do you know the coffee shop Crema? They offer school? Huh? Yeah, they offer school on how to make, you know, coffee, different coffee drinks because I love their Cubans so much. And um, so I don't know. I just hired someone, a consultant, who just taught me everything there was to know about coffee and um, learned that way and but still doing music. And, you know, I don't know. It was just... Um, it was a it was a great thing, and I don't I don't think I could do it again though. I don't, whatever season I was in, I did it, but I don't think I could duplicate it again. I was in that season. I love love that you said that because you get certain inspiration and certain burst of energy for certain dreams of your life, but they are a season because after you do it you like you have all this energy and motivation and it's exactly what your soul is calling for and it probably just flowed everything flows and i feel like when it's not that it's not hard work and it's not that you don't have to do so much but when you're in the the flow of that season it all just starts like kind of winding up and everything sort of starts coming together and yes you're doing all these hard things but it feels enjoyable and like yeah. you're it and it's speaking to you and you put in so much energy but then you look back and I feel that same way it's like you could never do it again like it's like you had to seize that moment Grand Canyon University an affordable private Christian University is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country offering more than 270 programs online in addition to federal grants and aid GCU's online students received nearly 130 million dollars in institutional scholarships in 2022 Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you did. I had to. Yeah. And and I'm so thankful that I did it. I don't regret one. I do not regret one second because I've met so many beautiful people. I've met people that like music business people that come in there all the time that will come up to me and go, oh, my God, I love your coffee shop. I was just in there no idea you know that they even you know that they that they even come in there so i met uh an artist that i managed by the name of abby cone uh who is on uh big machine i met her at the coffee shop i heard her singing i had i I do music at the coffee shop and she was there performing and um she was singing the coffee shop was really crowded and she started singing and i kind of like stopped what i was doing and i'm like who is this girl? And I found out who she was and just stalked her until I could work with her. And that was, that was, that was four and a half years ago. And, um, you know, she's signed to big machine a year ago, two years ago, pre like she signed right before COVID hit. Is that two years ago? Gosh, yes. Years ago, I don't even know anymore. So anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's been such a positive. Man, how, how lucky to be stalked by Missy Gallimore. I stalked that girl. I had to work. I was like, I got to work with you. So, you know, I worked with her from the beginning, you know, starting out in publishing and developing her, getting her songs together, pitched her, got her a deal, you know, so it was That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's kind of talk about this because you have some major insider perspective of, like you just said, all those things to get an artist ready to get signed. It, took, it takes years. You can have this raw natural talent, and some people do get signed off of raw natural talent, but there's a lot that goes into making an artist. And so talk to me about your journey to music and how you got into publishing and what you did and do as a publisher well uh, when i first started i worked for charlie pride who gosh killed me when he passed away absolutely he gave me my first start when i just started it was he, he had a publishing company and i was still in school at mtsu so i was kind of like i was married at the time not to byron but uh, and I was working at his publishing company doing administer work uh, part time and still going to school. And so I, I did that for probably a couple of years. And then I met, got a divorce, met Byron. Uh, Byron was a writer. Um, did, you meet huh? did you meet him at Charlie Pride's publishing company? Yeah, he would write there a lot. Yeah. And uh, I eventually worked my way up to like, song plugger you know like plugging songs you know and then byron and i met uh his music production career was he wasn't working with tim at the time but he was doing a lot of odd projects just still trying to make it as a producer right just trying to you know get anything he could go in that he could well he met tim uh had all this success um he got so busy that he really couldn't you know, do A&R and produce at the same time. So he asked me if I wanted to start A&R and for Tim. Will you explain to everyone what A&R is who doesn't know? 
Okay, well, A&R is just, it, it's basically, what is it called? Artist and Repertoire, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. Um, and basically what I do, A&R, is I find songs for artists. So I'm the, like the, the gatekeeper or the go-between between the writers and the publishers. They will pitch me their songs, and I mostly work with publishers. Uh, I do, I have a lot of relationships with writers too, but mostly with publishers. They'll, they'll pitch me the songs, and then I'll sit here, and I'll listen to songs for Keith Urban, and Tim, and I'll go, oh my God, that's a great song for Keith. So I'm gonna, let me just get this to Keith. Let me play it for Keith. So I'm kind of like the go-between, between the writer. And the Huge writer. job. Being an A&R, that's like a, that is such a special job because it's all about your ears, like listening, and your gut instinct. Once again, gut instinct. That's gut, yeah. The song, and so when you are, when you're hired to do A&R, it's like you are, the artists, like basically like you understand the artists, you understand what they like, what songs they gravitate towards because there are so many writers in Nashville pitching songs and artists don't have time to listen to hundreds and thousands of songs, literally. And so you as an A&R person are listening. I mean, you're listening to, are you listening to thousands of songs? Hundreds. I listen to a lot of songs. Like when, when I get off here, I've got a pitch meeting. So I'm, you know, hopping off here and then, you know, getting on a pitch meeting to listen to songs for Tim and Keith. But yeah, you just have to go through a lot of songs. And what do you, you like for, for Tim? Well, huh? what, what do you look for in a song? Like what makes you stop? In Anything your- that moves me. Anything that just moves me. Anything that's slightly different. Uh, I like to listen to songs when I'm doing something else. That way, your attention. It gets my attention, but I, I'm just looking for different melodies. I'm looking for a different twist for lyrics. Uh, I can, I mean, also like classic country, but good classic country. Um, and you, you just worry about radio. Do you worry? Do you listen for like radio success? Like, do you worry? Like, do you make sure that it would be played on the radio? No, I don't care. I pitch. I don't. I I I go from yes. I will go from pitching like very radio stuff to pitching very outside the box stuff. I mean, the gamut, I mean, it's just like here and here. Well, if it moves you, you go for it. If if it moves me, then it's going to move the artist, hopefully. But it has to start by tweaking me and, you know, making me feel something emotionally. And, you know, I I feel like I'm the very few left that is still – like passionate about songs. You know what I mean? There's just like, I miss that. I miss, you know, there's just no passion anymore. And I'm still, I still get so excited when I, and finding a great song is really, really, I mean, a really, really good song is very, very hard right now. Why? I don't know. It's just, well, I guess because for one thing, Artists are writing their own stuff now, so everything's pretty much, you know, tied up because writers are writing with artists now, which is fine. But there's some still some great songs. There's still great outside songs out there that you can find. You just got, you just got to dig and you got to find them. And the pluggers today are more calendar keepers than. Um, there's very few pluggers that I deal with that are still real passionate about songs. And a, uh, a song plugger works for, for a publisher, which mm-hmm. is spelling this out for people listening. A publisher 
is like the company that houses writers. So writers get to have a job and they get paid to write songs to pitch to artists. And then like Missy would be there as a publisher, also like A&R, pitches to an A&R person and A&R person has like the direct connection to the artist. <clears throat> and so pluggers work at the publishing company and they pitch to managers, artists, A&R people, anyone that they yeah a song to someone who can artist get artist wives artist wife they probably pitch you a song <laughs> if they could if they could get to you they would <laughs> totally and so, yeah exactly and so i feel yeah that's that's so what how have you noticed that the music industry has changed how long have you been in it i've been in it for a long time i just feel like it, you know i just feel like i just wish it's just it's just more business now. It's not about the music anymore. I know it's called music business, you know, but it's more business now than it is music. And I think that's the biggest thing that I see. Um, I hate that when like you have a great artist and then it all boils down to like a dollar bottom line and it's like, well, we got to be done with you because it's yeah. financially working and I get it. It's a music business and then you know trying to change an artist to match another artist who's out there that's successful to morph this. So then you have this other artist and you're like, well, let's morph this artist into that one. So maybe they'll have success. And it's not all about the soul of that artist and like believing in it. Mm -hmm. No, that's why, I mean, so to so, so start out for what I do. So I do A&R, I do, I have a publishing company and then I do management. So that's the three things that I kind of like am dealing with right now. So like for my A&R right now, I'm looking for songs for Tim and, and Keith. So that's my A&R job. I mean, my Tim McGraw and Keith Urban, I mean, hello. Hello. And then um, my publishing company, I have uh, a publishing company where I have um, a couple of writers signed. I have a couple of artists signed. And then, and then the management company I have, which I started probably three years, two years ago, really started going on three years. Um, I have four acts. So is Sam Williams, who I got to see. I, he's Hank Williams Jr. son. And he is so cool and unique and soulful. And he has like a, a, a beautiful darkness to him in a way, just like that he, puts out through because like he has some sad parts of his life that he expresses through his music so powerful powerfully especially one about losing his sister is it called snow angels that one is well he just put that one out uh so yeah that one was um the world alone was the one that um uh, yeah the world alone was not supposed to be a song about his sister. That song was written and recorded before his sister passed away, uh, a year before his sister passed away. And after his sister passed away, we just, he just felt that that took on a whole nother, a whole nother meaning. And then Snow Angels, Snow Angels was an outside song that I, I, I yes, so I've had Snow Angels and, and you know, Andrew Dorff, you remember yeah. Andrew Dorff? Yes. Andrew Dorff is a writer on it. So it's Andrew Dorff, Hillary Lindsay, and Johnny Price. And I have tried to get everybody to cut this song, Snow Angel. It just moves you. 
it, it just, it moved me. And I just was like, I, I never could understand why, what, what, you know? And so I played it for Sam and he's like, oh my God, I love this. And I'm going to cut it. And Sam uh, changed a few lines. So he is a writer on the song, but he he added, you know, some pretty important lines that really, really brought it around. And so that song could be about his sister. It could be about a relationship. You know, it could be about anything. But yeah, that's an out, that was an outside song that I'd had forever. I love that about Sam because that kind of reflects to me like that you manage someone like him because he's obviously he comes from royalty. Hank Williams Jr. Don't get any bigger than that. But he is so unique. Like he's not your typical Nashville artist. Like even with his style, he's like definitely fashion forward and like he uses a lot of like he accentuates a lot with his style and it's so awesome to see. And I love that because I feel like sometimes people are scared of an artist who's outside of the box. Like, Oh gosh, they're not going to fit into this Nashville mold. But yeah. you're not. Yeah. He, I mean, we were like with Sam, we were like just doing our own thing a year ago. You know, we were doing everything independently and doing really well. And then, you know, I had always said, you know, if there's one label, you know, that I feel like could really get you would be Universal. And um, Cindy May heard his stuff, fell in love with it immediately, was like, I have, to, I have to sign this kid. I have to sign this kid. And everybody that is in Sam's life, even to like, like his publicist, Luke Berlin, out of L.A., you know, she heard him and was like, call me. She's like, I don't care. I don't have to be paid. I don't care. I just want to work with him. He's so good. But you know, kind of, we were just like doing our thing independently. And there's something to be said about doing your own thing independently. And, you know, but there's also a double edged sword there because you, you know, you can only get to a certain spot independently. If you want to go to that next level, you really have to have the support of a major. Mm -hmm. the backing and the muscle mm -hmm. and so a year ago he we signed um to universal but it's kind of awesome because independently he could build the team around him who yeah. got him and believed in him he didn't just get thrown into a system people kind of got assigned to him it's like he got right. to pick and choose the people that are really integral parts of the team and build Absolutely. that. And when he goes to the label, he's coming in strong. Like he's coming in with his force. Yes. yes. And, and, and the thing is to any, uh, anyone out there, an artist that is just starting out, build your team, build your tribe. You cannot do it alone. You have to have a team of people around you. It doesn't have to be big. But, you know, you, I mean, it takes a lot and it's hard and, you know, you, you have to have, you have to have your team. You got to find you, you got to find your team. As an artist, what do you think if you're a new artist starting out, what are some of the key things to look for when picking a team? Like what, if you just, if you're, if you're just starting to build it, what would you look for? What, what kind passion. of passion? Like what, are the, what kind of skills do the people need to have that you get on your team? Um, I think skills for right now, you need to have a marketing person. You need to have a social media person. It's very important. Everything is all about social media content. It's so important to have um, like the social media team. You can, you can do it with the label. Yes, you can. But the label has a ton of artists that they work with. So they don't have a lot of time. Um, as I cannot even believe I'm saying this, but it's TikTok. Learn TikTok. 
It's, that, it's awful, I know, but some really good artists have come through TikTok, and, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. Walker, Walker Hayes, who's been in music, country music forever, he just broke through TikTok, and he's been an amazing artist forever, but like finally he was able to be seen through yeah. TikTok. Yeah. You got to get your marketing person. You have to get your creative person. You have to get your social media person. And then you have your manager who is the hub. Your manager is the hub of the person that oversees all these people. And it's a manager's job is to making sure that everybody is going in the same direction, you know? And so the manager acts as the hub for all these people, your publicist, your, all of this. So, so you as a manager, what do you feel like? Obviously, your experience in your natural like gut instinct towards songs and music and all that. What do you feel like really makes a great manager now that you are actually in this role? Because you are so incredible. I think it's I think there's a couple of things. I think it's you gotta have passion. You gotta have passion for the artist that you're working with. You have to love, I mean, you gotta, you've just, you gotta have passion. That's the number one. Um, blinders, just going for it. On um, every, every, everything you go for it. You put yourself out there. You put your artist out there. You go for it. You don't be afraid. You, um, you hustle. You hustle. And I'm a new manager. You know, I'm not a Jason Owen of the world. I'm not, you know, Jason is a whole nother spot you know i'm not that but but hustle is that there's like not everyone needs that level sometimes you need someone like you who's willing to like get in yeah, get in the weeds yeah get in the weeds yeah and uh but it's 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 hustle and it's 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 believing in your artist enough to go out there with blinders on and making stuff happen and yeah it will happen and um that's that's it. Yeah, you have to have confidence as a manager and put yourself out there. You do, you do. You cannot be afraid. You cannot be afraid to put yourself out there, and that just comes. That just comes with it comes with age. It just comes. You know, you just you just get to a point of where you know what the worst the worst you're going to get is a no. Right. And, that, and don't be afraid to get a no. Just keep going. Right. There's, so many no's there's going to be so many no's before there's going to be a yes but you don't stop and you don't give up you just keep going have you enjoyed the wisdom that has come with age yes so much so much confidence confidence if i could just tell my 22 year old self it, it's the confidence. It's that I don't give a shit anymore. That's it. If I could just go back and tell myself that at 22 years old and just the confidence is the, is, is so important. And you have to kind of like live into the confidence. Yeah. That's the old bitch of it all. You got to like actually live into it. Oh, there's a saying, there's a saying that I look at every day that I have it on my phone and I'm going to pull it up right now. And it's what Emma saying is, um, don't be afraid to be a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't be scared to be a bitch. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like you have to be like rude or whatever. It's just standing your ground. Standing your ground. Standing your ground.
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What have you learned about celebrities? Because you have very intimate relationships and like best friend relationships with some of the top celebrities. And I feel like so many people put celebrities on a pedestal. Like we think that so the, the celebrities just have this life that and I think we're starting to see more because people are using social media to give us such real insights into their life. Like we're realizing that celebrities are real too. But what have you learned about celebrities and like how they navigate their life and like what it's like in that world. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just, I only know, you know, for like Tim and Faith because we're so, you know, I'm, I'm very close with them and very close to Faith and how they have dealt with their, their celebrity, you know, I've watched and they are the most humble people. Staying humble is it. 
for a celebrity is staying humble. And I've seen it with them. I've seen it firsthand. They are so humble and so thankful and so appreciative of their fans. They, they do set their boundaries. You have to set their, you have to set your boundaries, but they also know the importance of that. Um, and I've just seen nothing but great as far as them being celebrities, just, just, you know, nothing but, respect and classy, you know, of how they handle things of when they're just out eating dinner, you know, when you're just out eating dinner and people come up to them and how they handle themselves and they're not rude to people. They know that they put themselves in this, that they, you know, they are a celebrity and people are going to come up to them and they, they just handle it so, so well. And I feel like some people don't, you know, um, I think they also have done a good job of creating, like, like you said, boundaries, like creating a very private world for themselves as well. Because, like, I feel like they have a very strong family unit that is yeah. private. Like, they share some of it, but, like, their family and their life feels like they have created that safe haven. They have. And their girls are just, if you, their girls are, it's just a testament of how they've raised their girls. Their girls are just not pretentious. I mean, nothing, 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 nothing. They are beautiful, beautiful girls. And they've done, a, Faith has done an amazing job as a mom. Well, and, Faith had a huge moment where she like stepped away from the height of her career. Literally, she was on fire and she stepped away to raise her daughters. If that doesn't just tell you where her priorities are and where as a family, that's huge. That girl loves her family, loves her family. And she's, she's God fearing woman. She's amazing. That's amazing. It's so exciting. It's so wonderful to hear stories like that, you know, of celebrity couples that are strong and that have great, like, and, and Keith's the same way. I don't know Keith as well as I do, you know, Tim and Faith. But just the times that I've been around Keith, I mean, it's just like he is so willing to help everyone, and yeah. and 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 helping. And and what I'm seeing, like with with like the Kenny Chesneys, the Keys, and the Tims, is helping these people that are behind them, helping yeah. them. That is so important, you know, to be that way. Is help that next person in line. It's so enlightened to be that way. When you get to that point in your career where you are so successful and on top of your game and you could totally be an asshole if you want or whatever, but yet you view it more as like, I mean, I don't know if you, like if this is the correct term, but it feels like more of like a calling, more of like a spiritual thing at this point where it's like you've had all these blessings and you are so, yeah. it's like part of their job and duty is to help others. Even Tim McGraw singing the song, Humble and Kind. Like once you get to the top, turn around and grab the hand of the person Absolutely. behind Absolutely. Absolutely. That song, I'll tell you how I found that song. That is the I'm gonna say this right now. There are so many great songs, but to me, that is the most perfect song about life that you could ever have. Humble and Kind, Lori McKenna wrote it, Tim singing it, it's just incredible. How'd you find it? That was, a, you know, I, I go to publishing companies. This is back pre-COVID and all that, but I would go to like the big publishing companies like Universal and Warner Bros. I'd go like every other week to each one. And it was my day to, you know, hang out at Universal and Travis Gordon plays. He's like, oh my God, you got to hear this song. He said, Lori, it was basically just written as a poem. 
and he played me just the voice recording of Lori. Voice recording? Yeah, it was just literally a voice recording of the song. And it just, it just hit me. I mean, it was just the, the, I mean, there was, you know, the, the lyrics were just like, I mean, it was literally written as a poem to her kids. And um, I took it to Tim and he loved it. And he, um, it, sat, it sat around for a little bit, you know, Tim cut it and it sat around, you know, for a little bit, you know, didn't know what sure, you know, quite sure what to do with it or whatever. And then I can't remember, I think it was when he was on Big Machine the first time. And I think, I, I don't remember how the song got to be the single or anything or what the conversation was. I can't remember, but yeah, that song was just a voice recording and yeah, it just hit me. You and, know? So how does that feel to you? Because that has to feel, I can't even imagine what that feels like to bring life to a song. Like, yes, there's all these great songs out there that deserve these huge lives, but they don't get them necessarily. But for you to find a song on a voice memo from Lori McKenna, who's one of the greatest writers ever, but this is a voice memo song. It's not, it's not ready to be pitched or anything like that, but you hear it and it hits you when probably a lot of other people have heard the song and they just sort of were like, were like, eh, it's fine, but don't know how to do that. You heard it. You took it, you got it to Tim, and then you watched it because oh. this moment. And did it win, like, Song of the Year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, another thing is is that when you go into the studio with a batch of songs, you really don't know, like, what song is going to stick its head up. You don't know what song that the fairy dust is going to fall on, you know? The players, the music, the way it comes together, the sound that's made, the vocal delivery, like so much beyond, you can't plan it out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't. It's just, you know, it, the same thing with Breathe. When I kind of like, when I brought Breathe in, I pitched that song to Tim. Hill? Yeah. So anyway, I, I found that song and I'm like, Tim, I really think you should record this song. I'm, 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 let me play it for you. And Tim's like, you know, I really don't think I can do that, but you really need to play this song for Faith. I played it for Faith. And again, it was a song that going into the studio, nobody was like, oh my God, this song is, the, this song is a smash. This is, this is, you know, this is the song. It was not like that. It was just when they went into the studio and they cut it, there was freaking magic around it for whatever reason. And I think too, a lot of it has to do with the artists, like where they are in their life, what, who they are in their life, like Tim. Yeah. I mean, Faith being in love with Tim and like, in then the music video, oh my God, in the middle of like the, wherever they were, like the desert or whatever that was, the, the desert, crap. yeah. All of her, like, her finger all of her hands like this. And, yeah. I mean, yes, it was just, you could, you, I believed every word of that song yeah. on Faith yeah. about her. I believed it, you know, and it made me feel, I did not believe, Missy, you are freaking amazing. Like, that is, oh, you are so sweet. But how does that feel to you when you have that happen? Because it's like it starts off so small. You hear this song, and then it becomes breathe. Then it becomes humble and kind. Like proud. You're just proud. You're just like a little proud mama. It's like you know, the, you know, and it's like you know, you know, and it's like well, people are like, well, why don't you just get somebody to li you know listen to songs for you? You're, you're busy right now. Why don't you just get? And I'm like, no, that that's just like I can't like just <laughs> I can't just like turn over. Not just anyone can do that. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. 
yeah spiritual deep yeah yeah thing that you can't just like train someone like you what it's a gift really it's a I don't know if it's a gift I have no idea but I, I know I can't sing a lick you know, by the way, I can't hear pitch. I can hear pitch a little bit. And I think I can hear pitch now because I've listened to so many songs that I can kind of sing on pitch now. But <laughs> I, I, I can't sing a lick, you know, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's a proud, it's a little proud moment. Yeah. I'll have to say it is. So what do you think the artists who have the long careers, who are the legacy artists who really impact in a big way, not just a splash. What do they have that makes them that way as opposed to someone else? Like what makes an artist a legendary artist? What makes them? Oh man, that's a great question. I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like their work ethic, you know, and how bad you really, really want it. And then once you get there, your work ethic and how you keep it going and how you surround yourself with your team and how you treat your team members uh, no arrogance, you know, just staying humble. Um, also the, the wisdom, the smarts to know, like to cut an outside song. Yeah. You don't have to write it. You don't have to write everything. Be smart enough to know that if a fucking great outside song comes around to go in and cut the outside song. You know, so many artists are like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing outside songs. I'm not going to cut an outside song. I mean, look at Tim McGraw, live like you were dying. Yeah, I mean, all the artists at McKinney, Keith. Um, That's a humble and kind outside song. Breathe outside song. Uh, the House That Built Me. Outside song. And his biggest song and that was an outside song. And it doesn't mean you're not a great writer. Yeah, no. just get your ego out of the way. Yeah, get your ego out of the way and never close yourself off to thinking you're, uh, you know, too good to just not record outside songs. You think true great artists do it for the love of the music, not for the love of the fame? Yeah. Yeah. I really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What has being a mother of three girls during all this taught you? How do you balance that? What have you learned from motherhood? And being a working mom. Well, just through mother, just learning how to multitask and doing it successfully. And you can do it. Guys can't multitask. I'm sorry. They just can't. You know, women are born multitaskers. They really are. And raising three girls at a time, you know, when I was really, really busy, but I always never missed a game, never missed any sporting event, was always there for them. Um, and just ne- just being present. As, as busy as you are and, and, and you know. With your children. Like when you're with them, being fully present. Not yeah. just mm-hmm. Be present. And they know, they know, they know. That you're present? Yeah, they know when you're present and when you're checked out. Oh, yeah. You know, they know. So that's so important. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What have, I'm going to wrap up soon because I'm going to talk to you forever, but I know you've got other things to do what have you learned about being in a relationship with another power player in the music industry and how have you walked that line? You know, that, that has been, you know, as a woman, um, that's a really good question. Um, I was never back when he was like in hit, like when he was producing and really like, you know, producing a lot of acts, you know, I was always in, I was in the background, you know, I never, I never was a, a, you know, a, a a person, a woman at that time of, Oh, 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 look at me right here. I'm the one that found this song and this song and this song. I just always in, I was always in the background. I was always under the radar. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I think it's really cool to kind of like fly under the radar a little bit, you know? And, um, and then, you know, it just got, you know, it just got, as I got older and, you know, and Byron's, you know, producing career kind of, you know, 
he's only like producing like Tim right now. Um, I am more now like, bitch, here I am, you know? Like you have time to kind of step up. My mom always told me that. She's like, it's in a marriage, it's never equal at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like ebbing and flowing, like maybe one at one season by kind of taking all, all the yeah. of the career because it's like happening and then it flows like your turn and it's like yeah. not being resentful yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's, well said. It's a dance. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So it's a beautiful dance though. I'm loving it. I'm loving I'm I'm loving what I'm doing right now. I'm loving where I am right now. It is very hard. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun. Missy, you're amazing. You're such an inspiration. You're, you're going to make me cry. Um, inspiration to young women and women in general who, hey, like starting off, like you, your life started on a different trajectory. You're married to someone else out of high school with probably a whole different set of dreams. And you had the intuition to change that based on your gut guiding you. And yeah. The way you've gotten into publishing and trust your gut with hearing songs and not been scared to be bold and fearless and put yourself out there and push for what you believed in. And then like even with the coffee shop, trusting your intuition with that yeah. management, I mean, you're in being a mother and a wife on top of it. Like the fact that you are doing all this and you're such a grounded, amazing gut driven, soulful person it's so inspiring for women to see a woman like you who has figured out how to do it and be fulfilled and to yeah. trust your soul and to trust your gifts and talents. And it's inspiring to see a woman who's led a life like yours. That's really something to look up to. Oh, you are so sweet. You're going to make me cry. I was so emotional over Thanksgiving. I don't know why. I was just very in a good way, you know. But, um, but that's so sweet. And that makes me feel this, just, I can't tell you how, how that makes me feel. Well, you should be so proud. And it's so important for women to have role models like you to look up to, to say like, listen, you can do it. You can do this. Like yeah. you can make your dreams happen and you can be a power player and you can figure out how to make this happen and you can be great. Just figure out what you're great at and you can do it. Like you are that inspiration. And that is really Awesome. And I am so grateful to know you, Missy. Oh, I'm so glad you're in Brentwood. <laughs> uh, I want to end with Leave Your Light, which is I always wrap up with, like, it's basically what do you want people to know? Leave your light. What do I want people to like to know about me? Like, like you, about life, just open-ended. What do you want people to know about you and what do you want people to know about life? Life is fragile and it can be taken from you at any second. So live your dreams. Dream big. You don't have to dream big. Some people's dreams can be, it doesn't have to be like this, dream big all the time. You don't have to dream big. Some people do dream big. You don't have to dream big. Just, Just, dream, your dream. Dream. Just dream your dream. And, uh, but life is fragile and, and you just go for it. Go for it. And, and be humble and be, um, be humble, but also be, 
what's the word? Help me. Be humble, but be consistent and um, and true to yourself, you know. But always stay humble with, with things and be a nice person. I love that. What do you want to know about you? About me? Uh, gosh, I am, um, boy, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very, very, I'm very, I'm a very, I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very, um, in the moment person. Um, but I, I'm a very passionate person and I fight, you know, I fight for my people. So I love that. Miss yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you for coming on in such a yes. <laughs> I would have done it last night, girl. I was like tempted to do it last night, but I was like so tired and I wanted to watch um Yellowstone. So <laughs> <laughs> way. I was like I, when I said I could do it last night, I was like, oh crap, I forgot it's Yellowstone. I know. Spin off or something coming out. Oh Tim and M? Oh yeah, it's called eighteen eighty three and they um I think they, I think that the season comes out in like three weeks. And Tim and Pete are both in it. Oh my God, they're huge, huge characters, huge parts in this. And uh, Faye said it's the hardest thing she has ever done physically. She says it is so hard, uh, but she, they're, they're so excited about it. Have they loved it? Where did they shoot it all? Um, they've been in Montana. They've been in Texas. I think they were flying back out. They flew in from Texas, and then I think they flew back out to Texas and are filming in Texas. But they're mostly in Montana and Texas. Wow. And did they have to just go be on set for months at a time and shoot it? Yeah. Yeah, they had to go to, like, cowboy camp, you know, and complete, like, this cowboy camp, which Faith said was the most intense thing she's ever done. I cannot wait to see her in this. I've just Apparently, she is just killing it. Well, I saw one scene where she's like throwing herself on the ground and like screaming. And I'm like, gosh, like that is acting like crazy. I know. I can imagine how roles like that change you as a human, you know? Right. I know. I know. I, I cannot wait to see her. I'm so proud of her. I'm really proud of her. Tim's just like so yeah. out there. He's just like, a I'm, like I'm like, that big old beard. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, does he, does he, when does he get to shave that off? <laughs> Have you seen it? I big woolly beard he has. Oh God! I think he's a good look. I like a little man, you know. Oh man, that no, no, that beard is thick and like, oh no, it's too much. I need as much of mayonnaise. I'm telling you what, ew, that gets stuck all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Thank you so much for joining me. You are truly amazing, and I'm, you're such a bright light in the music industry and what you have done and accomplished in every aspect of your life. Oh. Thank you, babe. Firing. So, so sorry you. I had to like hop bounce off for a minute. So so sorry. But again, thank you for coming on in a with a second's notice. You're the best. Okay. All right, babe. All right. I'll see okay. ya. Bye. Bye. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.